Welcome everybody to uh, our SWEET podcast. This is uh, Continuing Education Workforce Training, CEWT. We like to call it SWEET. Uh, we are part of the university's continuing education uh, division. We, we put on a lot of the uh, non-credit courses in our community across our region, apprenticeship, workforce training, things like that. Um, this podcast serves as part of our outreach effort where we bring interesting people and folks from our region in and talking about uh, different things. So today we're having uh, our city councilman, uh, Rick Cheatham is gonna be joining us. We'll be talking to him about what he does on a city council. Um, our, converse, our, our, our format today is going to be very conversational. We're going to talk to, uh, to Rick about, about anything that comes uh, across. It's uh, focusing on him, and we'll be going for 20 minutes. At the end of 20 minutes, wherever we are, we stop our uh, podcast. And we began uh, that 20 minutes when I said welcome. So welcome, Rick, to our <laughs> podcast. This is a little bit different. Uh, like having you here. Appreciate you making the time. Thank you. Uh, why don't we begin, though, by having you say a little bit about yourself, maybe your background, and how you got to become a city councilman. <laughs> I, uh, I'm originally from Kansas, Gary. I moved here 42 years ago as part of a broadcasting company. My degree is from the University of Kansas in broadcast journalism. I'm a radio journalist by, by college degree. Uh, I've had a colorful working career over the past 50 years. Um, I spent, I worked at three different radio stations, two in Kansas, one here in Pocatello, and uh, was fired by the company that brought me to Pocatello. They stranded me here 800 miles from home. And uh, I was offered a job by a car dealership in town that's no longer in business and thought, well, shoot, I can do that till I can find a real job again. And uh, it turns out, that was the most fun job I think I had in my entire life. Uh, met thousands of people, sold thousands of cars, worked for that dealership for four years, went to another dealership, worked there 16 years, went to another dealership, worked there a year, and decided it was time to do something new. So I, uh, I went to work for a credit union, worked there a year, didn't particularly like what I was doing for that credit union, left them, uh, got back into broadcasting for a short time, and then went to work for the ISU Credit Union and finished my working career there after roughly almost 12 years. And um, one of my dreams, when I first started out in broadcasting, I was in Garden City, Kansas. A little town in those days, about 18, 20,000 people. Um, a hub in that particular portion of western Kansas. And working for a little radio station with a 5,000 watt AM and a 50,000 watt FM, simulcast on everything we were doing. And my job was chief engineer, news director, and farm news director. And I also did an airship during, during the day. I played oldies, 40s and 50s stuff from 10 to noon every day. Uh, that, was, that was what broadcasting and small markets was in those days. So I, I played for my grandmother. That was my target demographic, was my grandmother. <laughs> so that's what I did from 10 to noon every day. And then I'd go out and sell advertising and <laughs> gather up the news for the next day and record newscasts. And, and, uh, but I became fascinated by covering city government. Uh, you go to those city council meetings, and they had a city manager form of government. That is, they had a, a weak mayor that was elected by the council people, and they had a city manager. And the manager ran the city, which was used to be pretty common. It's not as common today as it used to be, particularly in small towns. 
But um, I found it fascinating. I'd sit through those city council meetings, and their council meetings would start at 9 o'clock in the morning and usually not end until noon, 2, 3 o'clock. Uh, they were very long sessions, and they were every other week. And I, I found it fascinating. So I said to myself then, this is 1973, that I want to do that someday. So after I retired, I retired with a timing goal that I could make this work. I knew at that time, two years ago, that Gary Moore was going to retire. He was not going to seek another term. He'd already been on the council three years, 12 years, uh, three terms, 12 years. He wasn't going to, he was not going to run. And I'd always said I wouldn't run against an incumbent. Uh, if a guy's doing a good job, leave him alone and let him do his job. He's learned how. And it's something I've learned the hard way in this business. It takes a year or two to figure out how this council business works. So I, uh, I started attending meetings. And to, to, to know that I was going to be dedicated enough to the job to be there every time there was a meeting. No excuses. That when the meeting starts at 9 or the meeting starts at 6, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there every time. I've missed two council meetings, no, one council meeting, regularly scheduled council meeting in the last year and a half. And that was a hunting trip I had planned in Kansas. And sorry, that took precedence. So <laughs> I, I, I did that. I did that. So I missed one meeting. But I wanted to know I had the dedication to do that before the actual filing date came up. And it, it was for me, for the position I was running for and who I am, I found it a pretty easy election. Um, I've met thousands and thousands of people in Pocatello over the years selling cars. You know, selling, I sold Hondas for Ted's when that dealership was in existence. And uh, I'm, I wish I had tracked all the cars I sold. My rough estimate is I sold about 2,500 new Hondas and about 4,000 used cars in 21 years. And uh, I met a lot of people, made a lot of friends. And that really helped me through the election. We also had an issue at the time of the election that year that uh, was the sign ordinance. The previous council had started discussing that the summer before the election, and it became a real contentious issue as to what to do about electronic signs in Pocatello and whether to ban them completely, which was what was proposed by some, or whether to find a way to regulate them so they wouldn't be the problem that they had been in the past. And I'm a pro-business guy. I did not want to see signs banned. I like signs personally, and I guess that goes back to my advertising experience. I like signs. I like to know where business is or what's going on. I like to be directed and, and help to find things, particularly when we're traveling. We just got off a two and a half week vacation and every time we came to a town we, know, we knew we were going to pull over in, I would know where the gas station was and where the food stops were and where the hotels were. I like signs. Mm -hmm. So that was an issue that I was lucky had come up and I went to the sign guys and said, hey, I'm in favor of this thing, guys. Help me get elected. Let's see if we can make this right. And they did. So I got a lot of contributions. I spent almost $10,000 on that campaign. Uh, some of it through contributions uh, from the sign companies for time on their signs. Most of it in cash. Uh, very little of it personally. I think I spent my total personal contribution was somewhere between three and $400. Wow. So I raised a lot of money got out there, and that's what it takes to get elected in a, in a town like Pocatello. And I suspect with, with as contentious as politics has been the last couple of months here in town, that when the elections roll around on the other side of the dais this fall, it's going to be a very expensive election. Wow. So so what I'm getting from all of this, I mean, what a great background for you and, and the experience that you've had working with people 
to come into what I see as a people position. Mm -hmm. uh, what a great experience that is in preparation for this. Now you're in this job, you're in a role as city councilman. How, how do you see that role benefiting our community? Because you have other city councilmen that you have to work with, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you all work together to make things come out in, in, in the best manner possible for our community? It's state law restricts a lot of what you're talking about, Gary. I cannot go to another council person and talk about issues that the council is probably going to be facing, except when we're in a meeting. I can't go to somebody's house or meet them for coffee and say, hey, what are we going to do about this or what are we going to do about that? You can't do that. That's in violation of the open meetings law. The public has a right in this state by law to know and participate in those discussions. Right. So they have to be agended ahead of time. They have to, the public has a right to know where you're meeting and when you're meeting and to be there and at the very least listen to those discussions. Okay. So it's been interesting. Um, I was apprehensive about some of the people that uh, are on the council and how well I could work with them. I'm a conservative and uh, my values are radically different from a couple of those people on the council. But I find myself voting with them more often than I would ever have expected. It's, uh, it's been an interesting experience to sit next to or on the dais with other members of the council and talk, have to say, What's your thinking? Say it out loud so the public knows your thought process and the people next to you know so we can discuss how we're going to solve the problems. Good issue is this, you know, we've all been listening to the police firemen's issue on the mm -hmm. pay raises. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it worked out very well. The initial offers on both sides were extreme. And that's what, unfortunately, our local media picked up and made an issue of because it sells papers and it brings readers and viewership. And, uh, but it worked out very well. We wanted to be, the council uniformly wanted to be able to give all the city employees a raise. That hasn't been done for a long, long time. Many of those people every year were sawing their disposable income shrinking because their raises were not keeping up with the CPI, the cost of, you know, the, the consumer price index. But uh, this year, we were able to give every employee a 4% raise. Hasn't been done since 1979 in this community. So that was a good outcome this time Great around. Great outcome. And, and you've seen, you know, there's difference between fire and police. Well, let, let, me, let me take an opportunity to explain sure. that, that I don't think you're going to see on the general media. Every employee gets 4%. The fire department is on a separate contract from other employees in the police department they don't get step increases with their raises. So they got a 6% increase. The police department got four per, got, they got uh, an equivalent of raise and employees got 4% plus a step, which works out to roughly 6%. So across the board, virtually every employee got a 6% raise, which is huge, cost the city $1.8 million. And our budget increase is 1.5. So we've cut deep into other things to be able to afford to treat our employees right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you research something like that? I mean, if you're not able to talk with others on the council beforehand, you have to get ready for this. What, how do you get ready for things like this? Read the agendas. Read, um, and, and when, when an issue comes up that you don't, I mean, you can't know everything. 
Lord, there's, you know, the 730 employees at the city in the summertime, 650 or so in the winter when there isn't so much parks and rec stuff going on. Uh, a lot of it's relying on staff mm-hmm. rely, and asking the questions of staff in a public meeting or perhaps ahead of time going into somebody in street or, or in, in rodent or in parks and rec or whatever department it might be and say, hey, what does this mean? You know, what's, what, what is this? I don't understand. Government is big on acronyms, as I'm sure you're mm-hmm. aware. Mm-hmm. And every time I turn around, I ran across one reading some stuff this morning. I, I, I got to go figure out what it means. I, I don't have any idea what CIP is, but I'm going to find out. It's in our new rate study. Haven't run across that one before. But um, you just got you to dig and go down and look and read all the stuff. One of the contentious things we had yesterday is one of the council people saying that council shouldn't get a raise. They don't do anything. Uh, that's one of the, our own council people saying that. And uh, the rest of the council saying, wait a minute, you're the one who doesn't show up at all the extracurricular activities that citizens want us to participate in. In the last 12 months, the council individually has participated in 160 meetings, most of those at least an hour, and many of them several hours. And this one council person doesn't do anything but come to study sessions, budget sessions, and council meetings. He doesn't do any of that other stuff that we're asked to do. And uh, I, I don't know how it would work out by the dollar, but it's it's not a high wage rate. I doubt we're making minimum wage, but we didn't get into this for the money. You got into this because you wanted to make a difference. That's right. That's okay. right. This community has been really good to me, and uh, I wanted to do something back for the community. That's excellent. And, and I think everybody would appreciate, you know, the councilmen who are all working on behalf of our community, trying to make things better in any way possible as we grow, as we want to grow. You know, we want to do things smartly. We want to do it with a lot of wisdom. And certainly a lot of issues, you know, they rub across each other where people have different points of view. So it's a tough position to be in. So thank you for uh, taking that and, and jumping into this. How long are you going to do it? When I... When I announced my candidacy, my intent is to be a one-term city council person. Okay. Um, I am 68 years old. I'll soon turn 69. When my term is up, I'll be 71. If I ran again, that'd make me 75 at the end of my term, and I don't want to be 75 years old and still trying to do this. The energy that it takes, the, the effort that it takes, there is life outside of working. And uh, I, it would take somebody, it would take a lot of talk to get me to run for a second term. I, I don't intend to do that, and I think that gives me an advantage as a council person too, Gary. Um, I don't have if I make a decision people don't like, and it's the right decision in my mind. I don't care what the consequences are. Nothing I don't worse. have to be reelected. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not campaigning every time I make a vote on that council. Mm-hmm. What else does uh, Rick Cheatham like to do when he's not playing city council? You just came back from vacation. I did. I did. Went to Roswell, New Mexico for the <laughs> UFO <laughs> Festival. <laughs> Interesting event. Uh, spent three days at the NRA Whittington Center, a 52-square-mile shooting range in Raton, New Mexico. I spent a couple of days with my family back in Kansas. Um I'm taking two of the female city council people to the shooting range here in a couple of weeks. They'd like to learn to shoot a gun. So I'm going to take them out there and see what they give them a little experience with something they don't like to do. That's my that's my passion. My wife thinks I like to shoot just so I can reload because that's what I love. To do. <laughs> but uh, 
that's that's probably the only real hobby I have. I like to fly fish, but God, I haven't wet a line in three years. Oh my! Too busy shooting stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first got here, uh, I went to a barber shop. Uh, I got a haircut, and I'm sitting in the chair, and there's some some locals out there. Uh, you know, uh, just they were all just having a good time talking. And I walked in, I got my appointment, and and uh, the barber says to me, he says, uh, "You like to hunt?" I looked at him and go, "Well." Um, no, I've done it. But I don't really like to hunt. And they got quiet. And then uh, they, one of them says, "You like to fish?" And my dad took me fishing as a kid, and you know that that just didn't take. Uh, I said, "Well, no, I I can't say I like to fish." He got real quiet in there, <laughs> and I feel like the pressure to say something. So I said, "Well, I like to get out in the mountains and hike around and climb." They go, oh, "Okay, that's all right." You know. <laughs> You come to Idaho, you, you, you're into hunting, fishing, or being outdoors and doing something. This is a great place for that, too. So, it What is. shooting range are you taking the young ladies out to? The Oregon Trails Range, north of town. That's the one it, north of town? Do you come off? Two and a half mile road. Two and a half mile road, right. yeah. Nice facility. Um, it's undergone a lot of changes over the past few years, but we'll probably, if, if I can get the space I want, it'll take them to a 50-yard bay and give them some experience with handguns, rifles, shotguns just to see what they want to do with, with firearms. The two of them are absolutely unfamiliar at all. Mm -hmm. uh, they know nothing. Yeah. No, and have never handled a gun before, which scares me a little. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we can control it. I, I, I really enjoy doing this with people, introducing new shooters to firearms. And uh, I have enough firearms we can get a little experience with just about anything they want that's awesome i've got a bunch of guns that my, my dad um he's just kind of he's passed away but he's he's left to me and you know I, I know i've got to do something with those one day so maybe one day i'll get together with you and say hey come uh, let's get together and talk about firearms and load them up some we'll take them to the range and try them out that that would be awesome all right well i want to get into something else that's happening here you and i have have kind of crossed paths in, in two or three different instances i mean i saw you at the construction combine i've seen you with the united seniors project i've seen you with the gold star uh, uh, families uh, memorial monument i mean you get around but that goes back to the duties or responsibilities or just what city councilmen do. You do more than go to meetings inside chambers. You're out and about a lot. And, and those things you've mentioned, Gary, I would be doing whether I was on the council or not. You know, the last few years that I worked for the ISU Credit Union, I was uh, a marketing person. And to me, representing the, the business is doing those things and being seen and being recognized and making all that happen. So that's... Uh, that construction combine, and I got to give you and, and the rest of your staff, Scott and the whole group, a, a big kudos. That was tremendous. It was. We, we've been very fortunate. That was a huge community event. You helped us out. You helped us push some of that that information out, uh, and, and and we're still taking off. That thing has spread across the state. It's gone into a couple of other states. We feel that we are very fortunate to have been a uh, part of that. But but like Scott, and, and Scott is on with another podcast later. You know, we do extend that gratitude out to everybody else who's a part of that. So when I talk to uh, foundations or when I talk to other people and they say, how did you get this thing started? It's because of community. It's because of city. It's because of the vendors, the contractors, the employers, the education. It's the churches who contribute. It's everybody who makes things like that a success. So, so thank you. Uh, but that reflects back very well uh, on you and the council and helping us out with that. 
we're going to do another one uh, in 2020, uh, which uh, which I hope is going to be even better. And, and you're invited to come on out and join us for that one too. So miss we it. will let you know. Uh, so thank you for that. Well, how about that, folks? We've reached another end here. I'm going to wrap this one up and say uh, thank you to uh, City Councilman uh, Rick Cheatham, who's joined us. He's been a, a remarkable person to listen to, tremendous background, uh, doing great things for our community. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out to him, please, uh, please, uh, if you would say, could they contact you through the City Council? Absolutely. Go All to the right. City website, the phone number and email address are there. Great. So you know how to get a hold of him, and you can get a hold of us through uh, cetrain.isu.edu. Uh, take a look at our newsletter, our blog, sign up for things. Let us know how we're doing. If you have something you, know, you want to see, let us know that too. We appreciate all that feedback. Once again, thank you, and thanks to all of you out there for joining us on Sweet Talk. Thank you, Gary.